0: I'm so glad to see you here today, and we're happy to uh, welcome those of you who are joining us online. If you can't be with us here uh, physically, we are so glad you can tune in and uh, take part through Freedom Online. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I am really pumped about today. I love when God gives us opportunities to catch little glimpses of what He's doing out in the world beyond us. You know, it's so tempting and natural for us to imagine... That God's attention, you know, the real focus of what he cares about is us and the circle right around us to imagine that God is an American God and that he's a Republican. And he's probably from the South. You know, we, we think that would be a really good God. And it radically changes our view of God to go out in the world beyond the borders Not just across the Mason-Dixon line, but across more important lines, and to discover how God is at work in the world. I've done a lot of mission trips in my life, but I remember 20 years ago when God first started really burdening my heart that it was time to go outside the U.S. to see what He's doing and be a part of what He's doing in other places. And He spoke real clearly to go to Mexico. And I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty big target. Can you narrow it down some? And uh, prayed for a couple of years, you know. What do you mean go to Mexico? I'll never forget the day that uh, I was serving another church at that time. And I I went to um, visit a house of somebody who had visited our church for the first time. They were new to the area. And I, I asked them, what are they doing here? And the first time I've met the guy, and he said, well, it's kind of a peculiar thing. I know this is going to sound odd, but God called my wife and I to move here because we're supposed to connect with some people who were called to go to Mexico on mission. And so we're trying to discover who those people are. And I said, You're here to meet me. And we made a connection and started going into Mexico with him every year and did so for years. And that was the first time that God set the hook in my heart to realize that he is such a bigger God than I had imagined. And that to only recognize how God is at work in our country and in our region is to have only a tiny glimpse of who God is and of the heart of God and the scope of what God is really doing. I was used to what God was doing in my little Baptist church and my little corner of South Alabama, and he is such a bigger, greater God who is doing the book of Acts kind of stuff on a global scale, and we need to get in on that. We are so blessed today to have Bill and Kathy Craver with us. They are brand new friends. And I know you've had this experience before. There are those people that you just bump up into, and the first time you talk to them on the phone, the first time you see them face to face, in your spirit you just go, we are going to be great friends, and we are going to be long time friends. And I knew that from the first time I heard you and saw your faces, that that these are our kind of people. These are God's kind of people, and we are thrilled to have them here. Bill, would you come? some of you are here for the first time or you're tuning in for the first time and in your heart you may have said, well rats, I'm not even going to get to hear the pastor today. You're going to hear something better than that. You're going to hear the heart of this church as we hear from our good friends Bill and Kathy Craver. Thank you, Bill.
1: (laughs) One (laughs) moment, Kathy. Sure thing. One moment. Just don't leave. Um, I just want to say everything flows from the top. And from the moment... That Butch came a year ago this week to when the rest of your people come. Wow, it, it, it was incredible. And but it flows from leadership. And so, on behalf of DCI and Kathy and I, we want to present you. Anybody got a? Uh, we can get a picture. Uh, we want to present you for going above and beyond. That is awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm a missionary, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some some slides, okay? Hey, how many remember? Uh, you're old enough to remember. Remember the little cylinder, and the, and they came in and it went click 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 click. Well, praise God, we we went uh, we're uh, beyond that. Um, I I'm gonna go over some things, but first of all, our my uh, my scripture today, if you got a device or a Bible, is Jeremiah 29:11. You know this scripture. And we're going to apply it uh, to this uh, word today. Now, let me tell you something. I want to leave you with something if you can capture it. Now, we've been on the mission field for 25 years. And once in a while, we get critters, not where you're, you're going to go. We've had three different bases, but we get critters in the house like a scorpion. We used to live in the jungles of Central America. It was right in the jungle. It was quite common to get a scorpion. The first night I ever took Kathy in to the first house we lived in, we sprayed it, but we didn't spray it quite heavy enough, concentration. And we woke up, and there was 11 uh, tarantulas in the house on the walls. They were going, New friends, you know, there just wasn't enough, just kind of made them high. And uh, so, so, uh, but when you, you know, if you have a snake in the house, and three times we had one of the, it's like a cobra, really equal to a cobra in the house, in that house alone, and you're not going to go to bed till you find that snake. You're going to capture that snake, aren't you? I see a head going, yes, I, Amen. You're, and uh, and the husband does not go to, to go to sleep until we find out where that snake is. Now, now you got to capture it. Uh, today, the first thing I want to do in our first slide, I, I, want, you, I want to I want to close. If you can capture this, it's the secret of everything. It's the secret of true satisfaction. It's the secret of God's favor. It's the secret of God's blessings. It's the secret of everything. So I, I, before I close, I'm going to give you this. It's the secret. It's, it's really not a secret, but if you can capture this. But I, I want to share you our background. Uh, th- today, we woke up and we know how the one percenters pastor live. Someone give us a condominium to stay in on Gulf Shores. That rents for eleven hundred dollars a night. Yes, one thousand one hundred. So now we know how the one percenters live. But as I was looking, there's oil rigs all out there, you know, from the balcony of the nineteenth floor, you know. And uh, as we were five bedrooms, you know, just just it was incredible. But I was thinking how far God has brought us. As I was looking at this, those oil rigs, I remember next May, it'll be 40 years, and 40 years ago, uh, a young lady pulled up to my, and this memory just came to me, Kathy, a, a young lady pulled up and, uh, to my house, uh, uh, running from three, uh, um, I think they're calling roughnecks out there on the, on the, from, fr- that stole her car. And she came and back 40 years ago, this wasn't here, it was right here, you know? And I don't know what happened, but, uh, but, uh, uh she pulled up and, and st- these men are trying to kill me. And I said, well, well, you know, I wasn't a father or mark of Christ, but, but I thought, I, there is a God in heaven. There's this beautiful brunette at my door. And I said, come on in. Well, well, uh, uh, uh I said, where's your car? So we went and, we went, I'm not scared of these guys. So I went and got her car. You know, I don't know what happened. They were roughnecks from out here. Now, a week later, uh, uh, two beautiful girls uh, were knocking on my door, and some of you have some junk in your closet. Some of you have, you know, you you know, you ever watch Rudolph Rendo Ra- Reindeer, and then there's the Misfit Island of Misfit Toys. Well, you're looking at a Misfit here. And there's a, there's a little, there's a young lady, or a beautiful brunette, gonna come up here in a moment, but, and describe the other half of missions, the, the woman's side. And, uh, but what, what happened was, she was being held up and she was Odean. She'd been smoking pot, and laced with angel dust, her name was Kathy. And they said, you rescued her, her car, she says, take me to Bill. And, uh, and that was 40 years, it'll be 40 years of me. So if you're in this room, if you have, uh, if you have a pass, if you got some junk, if you're still working with some junk, let, you, let me, uh, let me tell you, there's two misfits here God can use and God can use you. Amen. There's a picture gonna come up that, that I, uh, my father had uh, bought me a shrimp boat to smuggle with in Central America. And in that process, I found this painting in in a in a uh, coastal city in uh, Florida, and it was my boat called the Bahia Lady, and somebody had painted it there, and I was living in it, on it because I could. We were getting it ready to go and. Dad gave me fifteen thousand dollars. I meet these two pretty girls, and about three days later, the fifteen thousand dollars, is to pay for the boat to get out, it was gone. And long story, and uh, you 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 can get it in a book that we have, and uh, but uh, out there. But um, uh, that's the beginning. I found a Bible under the bunk. A New Testament Gideon Bible. When them Gideons get out there with the Bible and I started reading about this Jesus, it wasn't religious people that followed him. It was a motley crew, man. It was it was misfits. Like me, and it captured me, so I started praying to this Jesus and and this little girl grew up in a kind of a legalistic church, this girl named Kathy, and somehow God put us together, she didn't have the right Picture, her father kicked her out when she was 16 out on the streets, was raped, all kinds of things happened to her, and so she had this picture of Jesus that way, and of course I found Jesus, and I found this word, and it just literally changed our lives. Well, 15 years after that, you can see a picture where we're located. We're located in 1993, the Lord sent me down. I read about a girl who was missing from a Bible college, a little Mayan girl from tijuana in 1993 and god sent us down there i said i know where that is i used to that's where most smuggling days from it and, and god sent me down there and in 1993 and that's how it all began i walked into her village and three months earlier a girl had been raised from the dead and the whole village had come to jesus and you can get it in that little book out there uh and then then uh, a few years after that kind of a 15 year cycle uh, the lord gave us a piece of property in 2007 we started construction on the uh, campus we bought this piece of property i was eating at the market and uh, with my interpreter 25 years and a lady walked up and i thought she said it was equal to 70000 us and and my my uh, director, most of you know is Moses, has been with me twenty five years, my interpreter. And uh, what happened was he says, You know she said seven thousand after she after I said no gracias." I said, Oh, that's my faith level, seven thousand dollars. So we went and it started then. Now the Great Recession happened. Boom! George Bush was going out, in and and, uh, and uh, uh, President Obama was coming in, and and so your next slide in ten years, God bless us with nearly two hundred thousand dollars in the Great Recession, and we built that beautiful, and it's just, it's a heart beating, incredible place. Well, God has opened up the door. The governor of the area, it's in red there, of the Yucatan. Over 100,000 people, 110 about, approximately 110,000 has approached us and your, your programs are so effective for the family, for marriages, for, for youth, for children. Now I have his representative going to 180 churches. So we try to gather 10, 15 churches together and that's what it's all about. So that's what's happening. That's what God is doing. He's doing it in an incredible way. Now I, I talked about that book. If I have a copy here, and it didn't make it here. Um, That book was our story over 25 years. And it started when God sent us there in 1993, and we found that girl who was missing, and her sister had been raised from the dead. Well, something happened. You all came. During our 25th anniversary month, Freedom Team came. And suddenly, the Lord started giving me another book, and it starts when you came. So the next book, the first chapter, is when Freedom Team came. Can you give God all the glory? I, I, I want to give you these stats. If you have access, oh thank you, you can get it online, thank you Brother Butch, you can get it online, you can just say the story behind, you can put in Amazon or you can get one today, Um, the story behind DCI, uh, author Bill Craver, you can just put that in, you can download it to your device. Uh, and it will it will uh, help you find your fit uh, the next book that you 're the first chapter is flowing in your Fit. We have information for you i know many of you are considering to come on the second uh, team trip for you. You can request that, and we have cards right at the table at the exit, little prayer cards that you can get and go to our website and get more information. Now, I'm going to give you these stats. that are a little hard to believe, but you've got to understand them. If you have access to three meals a day, if you have adequate, safe shelter, I'm, I'm talking about shelter It might not be um, better than your storage shed out back, but you it's safe, it's dry, and it's protection over your family. And if you have a regular source of income, you live within the top 15% of the world, if you have those three things. 85% of the world do not have a guaranteed three meals a day. And I'm I'm sure everybody in this room didn't have to worry when they wake up, am I going to be hungry today? Uh, If you have safe shelter, most of us in this room had Adequate, safe. You didn't have to worry if somebody's going to come in and hurt you and harm you and and abuse you. And if you have a regular source of income, the average person in our city, the average person makes eight dollars a day for ten hours of work. Where we're at, if you have a job. Okay? If you go buy a chicken, a chicken costs you the same. If you go buy um a yard of clothing to make some clothing that costs you the same as the United States. Uh, a gallon of milk costs way more than, or they don't even buy it by the gallon, they buy it by the box, but uh, far more than it does the United States. Gasoline is $4 a gallon, usually a dollar and a half more. So, so, you live in the top 15% of the world. Well, how can you say that, uh, uh Mr. Bill? Let's think of China. Now, China says they have 1 billion, with a B, 300 million people. Now, we have 350 million United States citizens. So so with a B, they're saying they have nearly a billion more people than we do. Now, we want access to their markets. Because just think about this, when there's... There's a, a billion, 300 million people. If I'm Coca-Cola, and you, you have enough money to buy one Coca-Cola a month. One. Every person in the child at least buys one a month, and at the end of the year, you're Coca-Cola. You've made a dollar off of that person. How much money have you made? One billion, 300 million people. Now, if you go Google the stats, they underestimate their population. Most... Uh, experts feel that they have 1 billion 450 million people. And we know that far over a million people are enslaved or in prison for not, you know, for their political or re- religious beliefs in slave camps where, where they're manufacturing things. So, so they say now about 300 million people live somewhat like we do. And that's what you see on TV. They're driving cars, they're living in apartments, beautiful uh, parks, and that's the 300 million. But there's a billion people in China that don't have access to those three things. Now, we can take, take your mind and move over to India. A billion, 200 million people. And there's over a billion people that don't have access to those three things. Let's move over to 1040 women, a window to, uh, Africa. Again, we're looking at a billion people that don't have access, guaranteed access to those three things. Okay, I want to give you the next. If you have four of these, these four things. If you have no problem, three meals a day. If you have adequate shelter, if you have a source of income, and a car, you live in the top 5% of the world. 95% of the world do not have those four things. They don't have a car. So we have to realize how blessed we are. And if I leave you with anything today, if I leave you with anything, all over the world there's a... Perhaps today, we know there's many, but in Ethiopia, there's a mother holding a baby.
0: She's looking at her child.
1: And today, today, she can't produce enough milk. And her child will die in her arms. And you see, God sees the big picture. He sees all that, and we've lost the victory because we found out the dishwasher broke down. And good pastors pat us on the back and go, oh, we're going to pray for that dishwasher, and God's going to provide. But, see, God sees the big picture. That's what I'm going to close with today. If you can capture this thing, it's the secret, and you'll never be the same. Amen? Amen. Let Cap. Cat, come on up here. This is my secret weapon.
2: You hear that? That's him all the time. (laughs) Okay, so John Beck said to me, I could repeat this, so I'm going to. A few minutes ago, John Beck said to me, I really appreciate you. He says, because I can tell with Bill, how would you say it? If he heard that penguins could pray on the other side of the road or the other side of the world, he'd be gone, right? (laughs) But me? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, We're so happy to be here. Really happy to be here. We really did love your church and your team. And there was a connection there. That does not happen with every team. I, the word rare comes to my mind. It's, it is kind of rare to find people with passion to reach the lost, to step out of their comfort zone, to go into the unknown, <laughs> to reach others for Christ. And we're thankful. I... um. During the mission trip, my job, one of them is, <laughs> about halfway through the week, when I see the looks on some people's face, it's usually the look of, what in the world have I done, <laughs> why am I here, and how am I going to make it three more days? <laughs> see, I watch you guys as as you work. Of course, not your team, <laughs> but the others. So my job is, I'm like what they call the real person. I'm the one that just, let's get real and talk about where the rubber meets the road. And I will try to candy coat it a little bit, but my job is just, I was thinking as I was sitting in my chair, let's debunk the superwoman myth. myth. (laughs) Although sometimes I kind of feel like a superwoman, but honestly... I'm just human. Without the Lord, I couldn't do what we do one day. I couldn't do it one week. And I certainly wouldn't have made it all these years. I'm not in my comfort zone when I'm on the mission field. And I know that you would think that I would be. And most people come up to me when they come on a mission trip. And they make the statement that I have always dreamed of being a missionary or a pastor's wife all since i was a little child and they look at me expecting that i'm going to go me too and i go not being (laughs) i never entered my mind ever just didn't becoming a missionary for me has been part of my journey with christ Following his lead in my life, falling deeper in love with him and wanting to please my father and doing whatever he's called me to do is how I do what I do. I say so many people sing songs in the church and and I've had an attitude in the past with some of that. You ever have an attitude with the Lord (laughs) and question him? And I have had those when I'm in the services and they sing the beautiful songs that say, Take me, Lord, where you want me to go, and I'll go. And one time I I was in a church and they were singing a song, and it was a beautiful praise song, that they were saying the words about, Take my home, take my car, take everything I own, and I'll serve you. And I was having one of those days, and I was like, Yeah, right, Lord. Lord. You take their home and see if they'll serve you. And you know what he said to me? He spoke to my heart in the most gentle, kind way that he does to me. And he said, I didn't ask them to. Do you have a problem with it? (laughs) I was humbled. And I just stopped and I said, no, Lord, I don't have a problem with it. I will go and do what you've called me to do. But I can say that it's not always easy. See, this is what I shared during the middle of a mission trip in Mexico, in Belize, in another country. And uh, Brother Butch asked me, he said, please, would you share it at our church? And I went, really? (laughs) He says, no, I really want you to. And so I'm being obedient to share the reality I'm from a woman's point of view, or my point of view, or one that you might not have heard of. Because most of you do think, well, if she's called into ministry, then she must. this must be easy, you know, or something you've all... And I just want to tell you, it's not. It's been part of my journey. And it started way back. Uh, my husband, from the moment he got saved, has had the passion that you see today. He's always had the passion for the lost. He's always found ways. We started off children's pastoring, and then we did youth pastoring. And then after several years of that, we pastored. And during all of those times, Bill had a passion to reach outside of the walls. He was never content to just come and sit and not think about all the lost that were out there. So when we were children's pastoring, it was finding a way to bring children into the church. Let's find a way. So he was... um, Bringing so many children into the church and picking them that with our cars that they had to get a bus. And then what developed there was that we were bringing in all kinds of children and some of them were disruptive <laughs> and dirty. And some of them then started bringing lice into the church, and then that made people not so happy. So then he developed a way, okay, I know what, Pastor, what if we build an outdoor children's church where we actually build this stage on wheels? We can go to them, but then we can have things at the church where the side lets down. We can meet outside Great, great idea he did that. He was always reaching, not understanding our call at all back then, because that was a long time ago. But I understand it now. It was the passion for the lost that he had to reach out. And it developed there. And then when we started pastoring, he had this desire again. He was always finding ways to reach out then. So he was finding ways out. to just go to Home Depot on Saturdays with water bottles and Coffee and donuts for the men. (laughs) And, you know, it was reaching people that way. So it was always there. Again, not quite understanding it. But that was a time during pastoring where he was searching God for for, uh, things to do. And the Lord led him to go find this lady in TC Me. It was on his heart. He says, Kathy, God's called me to do this. I'm like, fine, go. (laughs) You know? And my calling was always very... Uh, I was very comfortable to stay back and make sure that church was fine, um, to make sure everybody was here. I would teach, you know, or get someone, and I was fine. And then he started traveling. And it led on, this went on and on, and then next thing I know, my kids are going with him. Next thing I know, he's doing mission trips. Fine, I'm still there pastoring. Never even, never even thought about going i mean it just didn't even enter my mind that i would actually go with him one day i was happy where i was at everything was good time goes by and you know by then he's running several missions trips uh years go by and the lord takes us from pastoring into inner city missions now that i loved I had found a place there. It was just my heart. I just, I absolutely loved being uh, in the streets. We wound up having 40 interns and we worked several years in doing inner city missions. I loved it. And during that time, Bill was still reaching out. But at this point, my daughter is now spending the summers in TC Maine. I'd never been there. Fine with me. You know, <laughs> they're going. I was just fine. And then. Time goes on. This is our journey that I'm jumping through very quickly over years. There comes a time when the inner city missions is ending. The area where we worked was cleaned up. The projects where we worked were torn down. Um, We had 40 interns. By this point, they're all getting married, including my two children. Uh, We now have grandchildren. They can't live on part-time incomes anymore. They need to get real jobs. (laughs) And that season in our life ended. And I was, like, really devastated. I mean, I really would sit and just would cry. And I said, Lord, I thought this would be forever. And he said to me, very simply on one of those quiet mornings, he said, Kathy, that was your plan. I was like, you mean there's another plan? <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to do. Again, I'm at a point in my life, things have ended. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what the future looks like. And it's still not entering my mind that I'm even going to step on the mission field. (laughs) But the Lord said, Kathy, that was your plan. So a little bit of time goes by, and I'm going to jump through quick, because I don't have a lot of time, and many things happen. But then there does come the day. There does come the day. Where Kathy needs to go on the mission field. (laughs) It wasn't like the Lord wrote it all in the sky of the direction for Bill and I. And basically what had happened when we left pastoring and left the inner city that ended, we didn't know the next step for our our life. We were doing um, missions in our inner city, but we were also doing our bill out of the country. And when it ended, Bill and I sat down and, and we talked about what's next for us. And again, it's not like God wrote it in the sky like we would all love for him to do. Take this, turn, turn right, go here. It wasn't like that at all. Bill looked at me and said, Kathy, all that we have left right now is the the out-of-the-country international missions. So he says, we're going to go. I'm going to go. And we'll see where the Lord takes us from there. The amazing thing is that He went, and it's never stopped. It just—it's just never stopped. So we're into this season in life, and now Bill and I can only imagine, as a husband, that he has went for years without me. And I know that some of you come on the mission field, and your spouse says, "There is no way you're getting me on that mission field." <laughs> but you know I think it was probably like that and in his heart he's preparing for me and he's getting the place ready and I can hear the excitement in his voice and I know him now so I know how much he was preparing and how many things that he was fixing up because Kathy's coming it's been years and now my wife is coming and he can't wait for me to get there and he's telling me all the things that he's done so here I go and I go down for the first time And he's so excited. He's telling me how hard they work. And I walk in and I just go, oh. (laughs) I went in the bathroom and I'm like, there's no toilet lid. (laughs) Why is there no toilet lid? And he's like, well, we don't have toilet lids. And I'm like, but I want one. (laughs) You know, and I, I just, I was thinking, well, what did it look like? Before he fixed it up, you know. And I'm not a girly girl, so it wasn't, it was, it was not horrible. But I didn't know how to function on the mission field. And, of course, he did get me a toilet seat. But the thing is, I went home early. I didn't know how to handle it. And so he had to fly me back home. So time goes by and we're going to try it again. <laughs> And I had watched some crazy movie many years about ago about this girl that was in another country and two young girls on some vacations. These cute guys give them a backpack. We know they're full of drugs. The girls are naive. The boys are just saying, hey, carry this across the border for me. Oh, sure. Ha <laughs> ha ha. Because the guys are cute. Long story drugs in there. They get to the other side. They throw them in this jail with dirt floors. And while the girls are sleeping, a bug crawls in one of them's ear, right? Okay, this is me. (laughs) I really really think something's going to crawl in my ear. I mean, I'm putting cotton balls in my ear. I am sleeping, but every so often I'm opening my eyes and looking around. Because I told the Lord, if I ever see a tarantula, I'm out of here. So the tarantulas, oh yeah, I saw them. (laughs) I could maybe hold one today, so I've come a long ways. But that was me. I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to sleep. I didn't know how to do it. So the second time I come down here, I went home early again. The reason I went home early the second time is because we got there and we were asked to speak. Or Bill was asked to speak at a village. And he's so excited. He's telling me about these hundreds of people that have been getting saved. I should be excited But I'm hot. (laughs) And we're driving out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm hot. And I I don't understand the language, and and people are getting saved. The Lord is moving, and and it's beautiful. I, I so see it in my mind now how beautiful it was. But at the time, I couldn't see it because I was so uncomfortable. I was so out of What felt good to me and what Bill didn't tell me was that if we were there too late that night, we wouldn't be able to drive back to the campus because it's dangerous and the roads are dark. So I wasn't prepared for that. So the service goes long because the Lord is moving and people are getting saved. And then after the service, I'm so ready to get back to my room because my room, I had him block in the windows. He had blocked in every window for me. Because I didn't want anything crawling in during the night. And at night before we went to bed, I would go and stuff. And I still do this. I put towels under my door. I don't want scorpions climbing in my room when I'm sleeping. And so, you know, I can't wait to get back to my little cell <laughs> of comfort with air conditioning. It's the only two things I asked for. Air conditioning and a bathroom. My own. I don't want to share. Oh, I can't even do without that now. But I really can't sleep without air in my own bathroom. So, the service is over. And Bill says, Kathy, we can't go back tonight. I'm like, what? <laughs> we got to sleep at the pastor's house. Okay, you know, I mean, what do you do? So, I go there. I'm hot again. I want to shower. And I, because I walk into the room where I'm going to sleep. And I don't know if they ever wash the sheets. I mean, it was just, there's no way I I can even, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's so hot, and there's no air. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think, okay, I'll go take a shower. And I go to the shower, and I open the shower, and there is this mashed up, disgusting brown banana all over the floor. And I don't understand why there's a banana mashed up in the shower. (laughs) But all I know is now I can't take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) so what do i do the big i go to my room and i cry and i've cried a lot on the mission field but i have learned it's okay you cry you wipe it off and then you get back up and you keep going it's okay so i did that so that after that experience i'm like i just want to go home now so i went home he flew me back early um Okay, so time-wise, you're watching for me. <laughs> I'm going to jump over a long time now. Okay, so how do you get Kathy from there to what you see now? Um, God is so faithful. And the whole point in me into sharing this is that wherever God has you or whatever he has you do, and he knows exactly how to get you there. I want you to know that he knows you better than you know you. Because God didn't make a mistake when he called Bill. You know, even though I've asked him why, because honestly, if it was me, if it was you, if I was God, I wouldn't have picked me. (laughs) Wouldn't you pick somebody who loves the heat and who loves, wouldn't you pick somebody who loves that to say, I want you to be on the mission field? So I'm still like, no, I wouldn't do it that way. But so how do we get there? Long story short, we were on a missions conference. Next table to ours was a lady that works in Haiti. And during the the evening of events, she stepped over to me and said, Kathy, I would like for you to go to Haiti with me. Now, my daughter had been to Haiti. You know, I know many people in Haiti. and um, But the first thing I thought when she said that to me, I thought, just like the movie, I'm going to kill Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first response in my brain. I'm going to kill Bill. (laughs) I thought that he was trying to fix me. You know, how our husbands want to fix us when things. I thought he's going to get her to help me, to fix me, to go on the mission field with him. So I told her the thing that we always say. And I looked at her and I went, I'll pray about it. I go to the car, and I look over, and I went, Craver, because that's what I say when I'm like, Craver, did you ask her to ask me to go to Haiti? Because I just knew he did. He said, you, Haiti, me, no. (laughs) And so I thought then, I thought, okay, that means now I have to pray about it, because that couldn't possibly be you, Lord, could it? And I went home and prayed, and I'm telling you, it was instant in my heart. I just knew, I just knew that I was supposed to go. So I woke up and I told Bill, I said, Bill, I'm going to Haiti. And he's like, what, you? <laughs> my family, the same thing. What, Mom? Um, long story short, I went five times in two years. It was a life-changing experience for me. And at the time, I wasn't sure what was going on, except that God was calling me to go. And sometimes you don't want to know what He's doing, even on the mission field, until afterwards. He has rearranged and changed your heart and changed your motives and changed your life. And in everything, He does it, and you don't even know what He's doing. But I know afterwards now what He did. And he had to get me away from everybody that I knew. He had to get me away from my family, my husband who wanted to make me comfortable. He had to get me away so that he could teach me how to function on the mission field. So he took me to Haiti, and he took me where, I mean, we were sleeping in tents. So, okay, now when I hear y'all complain, I'm sorry, I don't have any sympathy for you. <laughs> Before, I might try to make you comfortable. No, not now. You've really got it good. But he took me to Haiti where we would fly in. And the first night, we had to sleep in the pastor's home. Air mattresses. Side by side in one tiny little room, there were eight of us. And we were squished together in this hot, hot room with not even a fan. Dogs barking all night long outside my window. People that I don't really know very well, breathing in my face. <laughs> These things are really uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what have I done? And then we get up the next day and we pack our bags and we, we drive over to um, get onto a Haitian boat. Now's where we're going to go across because where we're staying is on an island at the top of a mountain. So now we have to get into a Haitian boat, not a boat with a... Big, nice motor, a Haitian boat where the seats are logs. They're not comfortable and cushioned. They're logs. And down in the hull of the boat is where everything that you're going to take for a week, including live chickens and your eggs, down there. And you're going to sit and you're going to go two hours across the water. Then when we get across the water, we're going to hop in the back of little trucks, load the stuff, and we're going to go two hours up a mountain. Then when we get to the top of the mountain, you're going to set up your own tent. Now, I liked my tent because it had a zipper on it, which meant I could keep bugs out <laughs> and an air mattress, which I like now. But as we were going across the boat, in the boat, across the water, we were probably about 30 minutes into the ride. And all of a sudden, people start getting sick. They're leaning over, throwing up, sitting back up, just standing over here. Throwing, I'm telling you, I, I didn't. I was like, what? A lot of these people do this all the time. And... I am not going to help you if you throw up. I'm sorry. I'm, I backed up to the front of the boat because usually if I see somebody throw up, it's going to make me throw up. So I'm like, they're throwing up everywhere. They're throwing up on our bags down underneath. And my bag's down there. What is they? You know, my mind is just going, ah! and I'm backing up to the front of the boat, right? And then I'm watching this one lady that came, it was a medical trip, and she worked on mercy ships. And she leans over and starts throwing up, and I'm like, she works on mercy ships. And so I'm like, my mind is just racing, you know, with all of these thoughts. And we get there, and I realize at some point I'm going to need to talk to her about this, you know. And I realize now how God's preparing me. But this was a life-changing moment for me that I I, uh, barely can say without crying, Um I waited till we were up and settled later, and I went to her, and I said, do you get sick every time you get on the water? And she looked at me, and she said, yeah, right in front, then it passes. And then I stopped, and I looked at her, because I said, you work on mercy ships. You work on a ship. You see, if I was God, wouldn't you pick somebody that worked on a ship to not get seasick every time they got on a ship? You know, and she looked at me and she made the statement that changed me. Because up until this point, I kept saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why is this so hard for me? And everybody sees the passion and but what's wrong with me? You know, and I kept all these questions and she looked at me and she said, Kathy, God doesn't always call us to comfort. Really? I mean, I thought after all these years there would come some point in ministry where God would say, well done, smooth sailing from now on. I thought I had earned it at this point. (laughs) God doesn't always call us to comfort. It was life-changing for me, you know. It's not that God always calls us to discomfort. It's not that at all. But there are times in your life, in my life, when we're called in to do hard things. Hard places, and we 're saying what 's wrong with me because it 's hard, and the truth is sometimes it 's not that at all it 's just a place that god's called us and so that 's kind of my story I had to I had to learn in Haiti he taught me how to shower with a gallon of water because all we had was a tarp wrapped around a tree and a three gallon thing, and three people got that shower, and if the first person you go over your gallon. That last person gets less. So I learned how to take showers and I, I learned how to see tarantulas and I learned how to do one more thing and we'll finish up here. It, it, it was a life changing moment that was, that kind of broke me. And most people come on a mission field and they go, I am not going to use the bathroom <laughs> until I'm in my room. I'm going to hold it all day long because I ain't going out in the outhouse. And I was like that. And I, we were working in a school where we had to walk down mountain. And the first trip I went, by the fifth trip we had an outhouse, but the first trip there was none. I assumed they would send me into the woods when we got to that point. But it was too dangerous in the woods with some of the snakes. And so finally I go and I go, I have to go to the bathroom. What am I going to do? And so she says, come with me. And they take me out into an open field. And they grab all the ladies, and they turn their backs and made a circle around me. And way over there, I see the men working, and they're telling me, get in that circle and do what you got to do. And I was crying like a baby. I was like, (laughs) the whole time. And I got through, and, and I had to baggy everything up to throw it on a fire later. And I get through, and this lady comes over me. She was one of the ladies that cooked. She was a big Haitian lady. And she just went up to me, and she wrapped her arms around me, and she lifted me up off the ground. And she said, it's okay, baby. It's okay. I tell you what, after that day and those trips, I can pretty much do anything on the mission field now. But God was faithful and kind, and he knows how to get us where we, we need to be. And wherever you need to be, God knows how to get you there. So don't let your fears and your uncomfortableness hold you back from what God wants to do in your life. He's amazing.
1: She's my secret weapon. I'm going to wrap this up. But I wanna, I want someone, let's all stand up and, uh, would someone, uh, stand up and let's read our text for the day? And I assure you I'm wrapping this up. Uh, but remember, I, I, I shared there were, there was a shift. You came during our, our 25th anniversary week and there was a shift that took place. A, a real shift. And, uh, would somebody read Jeremiah 29? Uh, 11 out loud who would do that for me yes uh, susan father we exorb that word today father i i pray that everyone in this this room would understand that you have a purpose for our lives and God, there are divine moments. There's divine shifts that take place in our lives, in our ministry, in our, in our, uh, profession, uh, within our ministries. And I know this was. I thank you. Just have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may be seated. I, I, I want to recognize right now the Lord is rearranging the leadership of DCI. And uh, and and one of the things this next 25 years, uh, I believe the Lord is raising up a new uh, um, senior team, based in the United States, and all the way from the Dallas area, they drove all the way over. Uh, we we have a part of that senior team here today. Mark and Sandy knows. Would you stand up? And I just want to thank them. Thank, thank they drove all the way. Uh, support system. Uh, Mark, one of the, his business associates, had a, a condo on um, on Gulf Shores at eleven hundred dollars a night, and and I know how the one percenters live today. Uh, um, it, it's an incredible place. Now I've already told you about that, but I, w- I want to share. There was a shift when you came. There was a shift. Since you've been there, I want to share some things that have took place that I asked you to pray pray about and if you've got our newsletters. Uh, The first thing that took place is the Grace Place Church was finished. We have a site with broken children, basically street children that have nothing, nothing, nothing. And God has provided a place, and is an extension from a church in Arlington, Texas, uh, called Grace Place. And uh, you helped us dedicate that. The next slide is the sports court. Now, it's finished today, since you've been there. This is an old, old slide, and uh, it's called Zach's Court, and it's finished for these children. There's a ball court. There's a soccer field. I mean, it's a, it's a hard soccer court and basketball court and God provided that and it's paid for, it's fin, it's gorgeous today. The next thing God has done since you've been there and as part of your congregation pastor, uh, uh, that, uh, that he, he has, uh, uh, provided, uh, us a place to rescue children. And it's a rescue house, and it's being completed as we speak. All the funds have come in through part of, through part of your people here, and it's incredible. And uh, and it's it's that's an old picture, but as we speak, we had a hard time. We had two or three projects going on, as you see, with our contractors. So we've moved them to this this project as I speak today. But all the funds are there. And another thing we do, we do four major conferences a year, and they've all been sponsored on that next slide we we do family conferences we do we do uh uh uh, uh youth conferences and and in uh, various conferences so they've all been took upon uh, one of the other things we do uh, is uh, eyeglass evangelism, and you took part of that and last year i haven 't got a count this year last year alone, over eight hundred and fifty decisions through readers from Dollar Tree stores uh, 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 were made for Jesus Christ in that city alone. Uh, one of the next thing we had a program this is why the the governor got it 's impacting the young people, bringing them out of gangs. And, uh, in an in incredible way, so that's why we're working with 180 churches, Protestant churches, today called 50 Strong. And this is one of the Wake Me conferences. It was incredible what God God has done. Uh, this year we had sponsored over 450 children since you've been there, and they all got these little shirts and uh, and it's DCI kids, niños, DCI niños. And uh, and on the back, I will serve Jesus in Spanish for the rest of my life. And the people that sponsor, them like a ball shirt, get it get it there. And God God has d- done some incredible things through through that. And you were there when a church, right before you got there, was destroyed by an evil family by a bulldozer. You can see there destroyed. Well, because of the faithfulness of. Uh, of this house and the faithfulness of grace place uh, arlington texas you can see there their first slide is it going up uh the second slide there you can see the roof the roof i believe is on i went to the facebook page this morning it looks like it, it's on and then and you can see that third slide where it's at today one of our, our biggest problems while you were there, all my vehicles, three vehicles were broke down. It was a, we were just having a really difficult time. And since you've been there, God has provided a 29,000, a 29,000. It's sitting in the driveway down there, a van, Toyota van. And then the last thing I want to share with you is the next vision that's been on my heart. Then God sent Freedom Team is Freedom House. There was a reason for you to be there. The city's 60,000 people, and alcoholism is out of control. And the pastors in the area need a place where people can find recovery. So that's the next step. And as I speak, we have found a house, and God is providing that, and, and uh, we're believing God for it. And, and, and things like that does not happen. I always told, told uh, Mark Knowles, this leader here, anytime you come into my life, they've been a partner for 30 years, a part of our lives for 30 years. And and uh, I said, anytime time you come into my life, supernatural things happen. And I believe the same way. That's why you're the first chapter of the book. And the last thing I want to I share with you, as I turn it over to Pastor in a moment, is the secret of it all. I'm going to tell you the secret, and it's really not a secret. And if you can capture it, Everything. Your future will be. Everybody asks me, how do these things happen? Missionaries come to me and say, how do these things happen? You gotta capture this. And once you capture this, once you capture it, it's the secret. If you capture Christ's heart, when you capture Christ's heart, now He loves us all equally. Sally, he loves us all the same way. We we can't outrun his love. We can't outrun, outrun his grace. But there's principles. Oh, in, in the King James, over 360 times you'll find. But if thou shall, if thou shall, and when you get a heart for the lost, and I'm here representing him to a little little pocket of the world with a hundred over a hundred thousand. People that God, for some reason, has placed us, and we've been there, and we've been waiting for people better than us to come to touch their heart. And I'll close with this: a while back, we had a we had a team there come to help us put a roof on, and uh, I noticed somebody had working there. I, I was worried that they had a maybe a skin disease. So I, her name was Sandra, and she came to our door one time because Kathy wanted hot water, and I remember we got hot water. And by the way, the place we have now, we put, we put $200,000 in. You don't have to worry about a bug. Them doors have, uh, whatever you call it, the bottom. You don't have to worry. And we spray that place. This is, this is, this is 20 years ago experiences, you know. So, you know, I was, I thought I'd come. But this this other location, we've built three camps in 25 years, and we hired this lady named Saundra, and and we finally got that evening hot water in for Kathy, and all of a sudden at six in the morning, I got a knock on the door, don 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 don. I open the door, she goes El Diablo, El Diablo, El Diablo. I go What the devil? The devil? The devil? So I'm I'm getting some, you know I had the door cracked, so I'm getting some shorts on, and I'm well, I wear shorts to bed, but I'm getting maybe a shirt on, and uh, and uh, I don't want to have a bad picture of me, you know, and uh and so I'm I'm running over there, and and uh so she brings me to the kitchen sink, and she says, uh, and, and it's hot water, she had never help, uh, felt hot water in her life. Hot water, and by the took Kathy over that banana to the airport the next morning. She was in alligator tears. At that time, you just couldn't call or go online to change your ticket. I'm in line. Get up there with the lady. And the American Airlines lady is trying to get security. Did I harm this woman? You're all right. But if you can capture Christ's heart, it unlocks areas in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? I believe there's a shift coming for you. I believe there's people in this community that need to be reached. There's pregnancy clinics that need help. There's a nursery in this house that needs help today. There's a children's department that needs to be helped today. It's you might think it's a little thing. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to be a, a door greeter. I'm going to go to pastor today. You know I I think I could be a door greeter. You know the first job I ever had was a door keep, keeper in the house of the Lord. Pastor. Say you got here early, pastor. Say you I saw you picking things up in the parking lot. Well I just saw some trash. Uh, wow! You got and, I, and I'd stay late. And he said, "Wow, you're not going." I said, "Well, I, I thought that's what would uh, I thought that would what we would post to do." And it captured Christ's heart. Whatever you he can do for the lost, it captures His heart. It captures His heart, Pastor.
0: Thank you, Bill. The Lord's speaking today. Thank you, Bill and Kathy, for how he's spoken through you. And we're not done until we've had an opportunity to respond to what God's saying. And so we're going to shift into a response time. We're going to use a song or two as a time for worship. But it's just going to be an open time for us to respond to the Lord and what he's saying. And I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord for some insight in a couple of different directions. For one, ask him... If you're serving where he wants you serving for the days, months, and years to come, or if he's got a new assignment for you, it's a dangerous thing to pray because he's going to answer that. The second thing I'm going to ask you specifically to pray for in the, in the coming moments is you're going to have an opportunity, after we receive our normal offering, as you're leaving the room, you're going to have an opportunity to, to sow financially into this ministry. That's an opportunity for blessing for us. The word says, uh, He who lends, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay. When we sow financially, into ministries like this that are helping the least of these to come to know christ and to experience the benefits of the kingdom they get blessed and we get blessed and so there's no arm twisting going on here you just ask the lord to show you what your part in that could be and then give generously as he leads as as we go out and so i'm going to ask you to join me as we go before the lord father would you speak clear words to us about what our role is in the kingdom serving and giving and going And as we pause now and just seek to respond to what you've said today, we just realize always when we gather, we're still broken, needy people. And I pray, Lord, that you would unleash not only a fresh word of call in our lives, but uh, you've just been so faithful every time we gather to just pour out an anointing to meet needs and to heal, to save, deliver restore in this place and so we pray that in a fresh way you would do that today we welcome your work and we just say come holy spirit you speak and move and work in a fresh way in our lives and we give you thanks for that in the strong name of jesus amen hi thanks so much for taking time to tune in and listen to the message today through freedom online uh, we would love to, the opportunity to meet you personally anytime that you're in our area But if today you heard something that really connected or that maybe you've got questions about, you'd like to talk with somebody or have someone pray with you, we'd love to hear back from you. You can reach us in a couple of different ways. You'll find on the website a contacts link. You can contact me or any member of our leadership directly. Or you can call us at the number that you see on the website or at the bottom of the screen now. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a great week.